just love you today. We thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, to worship you, to praise you, to lift up your name. Lord, I thank you for uh, this day. I thank you for those that are here. I thank you for those that are watching online. God, I pray for those that are, uh, that are hurting, that are lost. God, we just want to be a witness to them. And Lord, help us to do that and help us to worship you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. We make a miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are.
Ancient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the So tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the violence, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more.
All right, welcome to the Lord's house again. Good to see all of you. We start today in uh, going through the book of Matthew on Sundays. We'll start verse 1. We'll go through the whole book, uh, kind of verse by verse. Actually, I said that in this morning's one of those times we'll skip a verse or two. Uh, give me a minute. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 1, we'll look at verse 1 through 17. The title of the message this morning is At the Right Time. Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus, and this is one of those places, you know, if you're reading through the Bible, you're supposed to read it all, and this is where you lie and you skip part of it. And that's what we're going to do, do this morning. I'm not going to read the whole the whole genealogy, one thing, it'll bore you, and the other thing is there's so many names in there that are hard to pronounce that I don't want to do it. So we'll skip around and, and get the, uh, the main gist of it. Matthew is a, <coughs> uh, obviously comes in the first, the first book in the New Testament. Chronologically, it was not necessarily the first gospel written. It's just how it turns out in the, in the canon of Scripture kind of scripture. Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of the 12 apostles. This is an issue to come up again and again, and, and it's not so important theologically as it is to help you get a feel for what's going on in the stories. Uh, often, well, let's just say every time, if, the, if a story in the gospel does not say 12 disciples then that means there were more than that there. There were perhaps thousands. There are times when Jesus would speak to thousands of disciples. <clears throat> so there are many more disciples than 12. There are 12 apostles, okay? And, and 12 of those disciples became 12 apostles, all right? That issue will come up again. And it will, when you know that, it will make stories become a little more clear, a little more plain. Matthew was one of the 12 apostles. Uh, he was a tax collector, and this will come up again. A very tax collector, as much as you dislike tax collectors, they were disliked that much more then. Uh, and we'll, we'll, when we get to a story about a, about a tax tax collector, we'll go over that more. Although I, I'm not really going to spend a whole lot of time in the intro uh, Matthew was an apostle of Jesus and writes the gospel according to Matthew, and he begins with the genealogy. It, there's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. You like to use that, and they list, I listed the verses that we're going to read. We're going to read verse 1 and 2, 5 and 6, 16 and 17, and then look at a verse out of Galatians 4, 4. All this will be on the screen. I'm just going to read them out of my... Bible. So Matthew begins the, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah and his brothers. And, and I, I read that on purpose. Abraham begat Isaac. We'll come back. Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah, going down to verse 5, as the 
story of the genealogy moves on. Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. Remember Rahab in the story of the book of Joshua? The prostitute who lived on the wall of Jericho. And as the wall fell, she, uh, before the wall fell, she saved the two spies. Because of that, she was, sa <coughs> was saved. And so Rahab, the harlot, as uh, she's often called, and so Boaz, uh, Salmon begat Boaz by, by, by Rahab. So Rahab was Boaz's mom. Boaz begat Obed by Ruth. And Obed, Obed begat Jesse. <coughs> and Jesse begat David the king. Ruth was a Moabite. She was not an Israelite. And she was from another country. And she became... The, the grandmother of uh, great grandmother of David, the king. I'm, I'm, I want you to recall that as we as we go along. And Jesse begat David, the the king. Down to the last two verses, uh, ending the genealogy. We're coming. We're coming to Jake, uh, Joseph and Mary. And verse sixteen. And Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who's called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, 14 generations. And from David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. It's almost like God planned that out, isn't it? And in Galatians 4.4, 4, we'll have all on the, the screen. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of, uh, born of a woman, born under the law. When the fullness of time had come, there, the title of the message, at just the right time. And as you, if you would read through the genealogy, you see the pattern, you see the process, you see the purpose of God and the timing of God that is all happening at just the right time. Now, I'm going to go back before we get more, look closer at your outline. I'm going to go back and I, I read it twice and I'll look at it again in verse 2. For instance, Abraham begat Isaac <clears throat> and the line, the genealogy line goes through Isaac, not Ishmael. Okay, Isaac not Ishmael. So Isaac begat Jacob, uh, and the line goes through Jacob, not Esau. Now, it could have went either way, but not only the timing of God, I want you to see the purpose of God, and that God knows exactly what he's doing through exactly who he wants to do it through. So it's through Isaac, not Ishmael. It's through Jacob, not Esau. And then Jacob in the scripture, Matthew lists just one name, and Jacob begat Judah and his brothers, but the line goes through Judah. Now there were 11 other, other brothers that God could have done this through, but he chose, he chose Judah. And so the genealogical line of Jesus all comes down through them and through specifically them. So I want you to see 
not only the timing of God, but the purpose, and he knows exactly what he's doing. The generations are, are exactly right. The timing is exactly right. Now, like we always try, <coughs> always try to do, the stories in the Bible are not just cute stories that for us to learn from and, and then forget them. <coughs> it's really all about you that God told the stories, re- recorded the stories, kept track of the stories, not only to teach us, but for us to see ourselves in the story. Now, uh, Matt, let's just go ahead and put that next screen up as I get ready to talk about it. We mentioned Rahab, the sinner, Ruth, the outsider, Mary, the saint, Um and, and so many other names listed there. I picked out just those three. I'll get to that in just a minute. But what I want you to see, and let's, let me do it this way, that Rahab, if you're looking at a timeline, if you can imagine a timeline here, Rahab, you know, on the timeline where your life is and where her life is, Rahab's just, you know, just a short part of that, of that timeline. But it's exactly where God wants it. And then Ruth comes along, and Ruth has just a short amount of time in God's timeline. But she came, comes after Rahab, but exactly the right time and exactly the right place. And so Ruth has a short section of time, you know, right here, if you can imagine a line. And then Mary comes along down the line when Jesus is born in the fullness of time at just the right time. The angel, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, the saint, and she was chosen because of her, because of her virtue. But the problem with virtue, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of myself on that list, the problem with virtue is having humility at the same time. Some of you are good and you know you're good. Okay, that's the problem. You're good and you know you're good. You've got to get over that. Having the virtue, the, the, the saint's good, but having the humility to know that it, it all comes from God. In, anyway, so, so Mary has her section of time down here at just the right time. Now, you know what I'm getting at, right? There's Rahab, Ruth, and, and Mary. You come on down the timeline to who? You. You. You know that it's not just the people on this list who were created by God at just the right time for, for the right purpose, you know that you were too, and that God never makes, there's never been a baby born and God said, oops, I didn't know that was coming. There's, it's never happened with, with anyone. There's always this, the perfect timing and the perfect purpose of God. So as Rahab had her time, Ruth had her time, Mary had her time, you are living in your time. And the older we get, isn't it true? It just feels like that time just goes so fast. The younger we, we are, we feel like we got all this time and we really don't. Just that short section of time, if you're looking at a timeline, if you put my life on a timeline, it's just so short. But God has this plan exactly the right time. You were born at exactly the right time. And you were born 
exactly the right place. And you are designed and put here for exactly what God wants you for. There's no mistakes. There's no errors on his part. And now we have the responsibility to live out our timeline. Live out our time. Rahab was a sinner. She was a, she was a prostitute. And God included her in this timeline. God included her in his work. She was the sinner. When I'm, I'm going to ask if any of you feel like any of, any of these. She was the sinner that God used. You ever feel like that? I've done uh, so much bad. I've failed so much. There's just no way that God could use me. Rahab's the sinner. Ruth is the outsider. She was always looking at the church from the outside. She was always not included. She was an outsider. But still, still God chose her and used her. Where Rahab was here, Ruth comes next, chose her and used her at just the right time. He didn't exclude her because she's on the outside. You ever feel like an outsider? You know, like everybody else gets it except me. Everybody else is included except me. I just feel so outcast outside. And then Mary the saint. Most of us, you know, <clears throat> we don't want to say that. Uh, but she was trying to, she was not only trying to be good, she, she was good and, and God used her because of that. But uh, so humble at the, at the same time. You got to watch that. If, if, you're, if that's who you are, you really got to watch working on and staying. You know, I, I, I am trying to be good. I, I am doing a good job, but I got to remember that it all comes from God. It's, it's, it's his power working through me. So God, just do with me whatever you would want. You want. The sinner, the outsider, and the saint. Which one are you? My answer, you know, if you've been around me enough, my answer is always, almost always, which one are you? My answer is all, all of them. I've, I've felt like all of them at, at times. And still God uses us, puts us to his work. He doesn't exclude us because of the mistakes. Okay. All of them... Uh, I'm going to look at two things. All of them were included in God's work. God used them because he chose them, but they chose to do it. They chose to do it. They didn't have to. I need you to listen right here. They didn't have to do it, whatever they did. Rahab's the one who saved the two spies. Ruth included herself and went with her mother-in-law back to Israel. Mary was given the opportunity, a virgin, to give birth to the Savior. None of them had to do it. But the opportunity was presented to all of them. And they took it. Another uh, quick way to say it is they, they said yes. They said yes. And because of that, they, they made use of their time. Now, your time is over here. And, and so many opportunities that, that, that God has given you, 
Let's start this way. Opportunities that God has given you and you said no to. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a sinner. I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, des- I don't deserve the opportunity. Uh, there, there's no way that God could use me because of what I've done. And so I've, I've shied away from doing things for the Lord. I've shied away from the opportunities he's presented to me because I'm a sinner, because I've been so bad. I've been so far away from God. How could I ever do that? Whatever it is, whatever the opportunity is. The outsider, you know, I, I don't feel like I can do that. I don't feel like I'm a part enough, a part enough. And all, but they didn't do that. They took the opportunity. They said yes. They they chose to do it. They were chosen, and they chose to do it. We've all, everybody in the room has made mistakes along the way. There's been opportunities that the Lord has given us, things we should have done, didn't do. Uh, this is a brand new year. Let's stop that. There's going to be opportunities come your way. You may be dealing with one now where the Lord seems to be asking you to do it. The Lord seems to be leading you this way. You can feel the urging of, of his spirit in you to get involved here or to do that or to go speak to that person or just to, to be getting involved in the Lord's work. You, you feel that drawing of your spirit, but you're, okay, stop holding back. This is, a, this is a fresh start. This is a time to, to, to go ahead and say yes, to, to do what his spirit is asking you to do. Talked about this a little bit in Sunday school, and I had really, I actually wrote this down for those of you that were in the class that I was in. I wrote down the word want to. And, and I know it seems a little unspiritual sometimes, but a lot of times the Lord, as he leads us and guides us, it's, it's, you know, how, how do I know? How, how do I know? And, and sometimes it's just things that you want to do. You may be a little afraid to do it because of your past. You may be, uh, feel like you're not qualified because you're, you just feel like you're on, you're on the outside. But it's something that you want to try. Something that you want to do. Do it. All right? You've, you've only got... A short amount of time. And when you don't say yes, when you choose to not respond, when you, you don't do what maybe the Lord is placing in your heart to try, you're wasting time. And we don't have a lot of time to waste. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a scenario that I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, and I almost always kick myself for doing this, getting ahead of myself. But the longer I think about it, I'm going to lay a scenario out to to you. Uh, Last week, um, I was called. I'm going to have the opportunity to uh, make another mission trip to Mexico. Okay, I haven't said yes yet, but the longer I work on work on the message, I feel like I. I feel like a Pharisee. I feel like a hypocrite if I don't say yes. I'm, I'm running out of reasons to not say yes. Okay, so there's this possibility that I'll go on, um, go on a mission trip uh, within the next two months, 
Okay, here's a scenario. I want to just lay this out to, to you. On this trip, uh, the, I'm supposed to uh, supposed, I'm supposed to help teach. Okay, so that's that's one one thing that that they've asked help teach. But they're looking for people who can teach at all who also have construction experience. So while I'm there, I'm supposed to teach and then look at possible. Uh, construction projects there to come back to the states and help other groups go to go to Mexico uh, being involved in these construction projects okay all right so that's what I'm supposed to do teach and then look at possible construction pro projects come back tell you about it and try to get people involved to go on construction pro projects now say so you might be sitting here and saying well Okay, I don't teach well. That's fine. And you might say, I have absolutely no construction experience. Remember, some of you went on one trip. I, I asked for people to raise their hand if they could paint. Paint, P-A-I-N-T. Can, can you paint? Okay, some raised their hand. They're liars. Okay, <laughs> they couldn't paint. I, and I went to one of them and said, why did you raise your hand? Because you cannot paint. But they thought they could. Some of you, uh, you do not need to go to Mexico to paint. All right? Some of you have, have, have absolutely no construction experience. That's really not what you need to do. But on these, on these trips, we also need people to cook. Okay? Now, some of you have no, have no construction experience, but you can really cook. Okay? So we need people to cook. Also, um. On almost every construction trip, we will have an outreach of some kind. It has nothing to do with, do with construction. It'll be a food distribution, or we're going to go help a church, or we're going to do something. We're, we almost always have, a, have an outreach of some kind. So we need people to cook. We need people to help in almost every way. We need people to do construction. We need people who are good with people. And love to outreach, love to talk to them, put your arm around them. We need people who can teach. Okay, I don't know if you fall into any of those, but a lot of you do. And if the scenario plays out, I'm just using this as an example. I'm not sure you're supposed to go on one of those trips. But there's a real possibility that those options are coming what are you going to say? Well, you can make all kinds of excuses. And then next year, you, you're going to make more excuses. And see, the, the reason probably, and I, I, I'm just going to be a little harsh with you here, and I don't want to, I'm going to preach, remember, I'm going to preach with you, not at you. And I know from, ex from experience, one of the reasons we, we kind of go through life and don't ever really do much is because the opportunities have come, but we just consistently didn't take them. Year after year, we keep saying, no, I'm a sinner. No, I'm an outsider. No, I can't do that. I don't have experience with that. No, I'm not any good at that. And so we keep saying no, and then our, our life, not our life spans so much, but the time keeps closing in, and we're running out of time. 
and we're not doing anything because we keep saying no to the opportunities. Can you stop saying no just automatically? Just automatically, no, 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 no. no. At least think about it. At least, at least pray about the opportunity. Now, here in a while, a couple months, I think, here's another scenario. Here's some things that I think are coming. We're going to have merge, which is an insane amount of teenagers doing insane things. And to help with that, you need to be in, insane, okay? You, you, you needs to be something wrong with you to help with that. But a lot of you, there's something wrong with you, and you would fit in really, really well. But we're going to have some teenagers, and we're going to work with them, and, and, and that's going to come in a few months. You say, well, I'm not good at good work, working with teens, but we need people to cook. We need people to drive. We need people to do all sorts of things. We need people to teach. But we need people to, to do just a whole bunch of things. So here in a few months, we're going to ask help with merge. And instead of sitting there and saying, oh, no, 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 no. No, there's all kinds of things that you can do. Well, I've never helped with that before. Hey, great. Eventually, starting somewhere, then maybe we'll have Bible school this year. And then about the third week in uh, July, we have church camp, which is an insane amount of teen teenagers coming together, and you need to be a little bit insane to go. But we need people to do everything at church camp, everything. We need a little bit of everything. You see what I'm doing, I hope, over and over. There's opportunities coming your way. Why don't you start at least think about saying, yes, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. I feel like an outsider, but you know what? I, the only way I'm ever going to stop feeling like an outsider is start getting involved with what needs to be done. There's all kinds of opportunities that are going to come our way this year. Some of them we haven't seen for a while. And, and instead of it always being somebody else saying yes, I want you to think about it being you. And we work with people and we help people and we make mistakes along the way. There's some dumb things that I've done. I think I'll never do that again. But I don't know until I've tried it. Way over here is us, every, everyone in this room. And we've got just this much time. Do something with it. Do something with that amount of time. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I think uh, we're having just a musician this, this morning for our prayer time. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and uh, Mark, you want to go ahead and dim the lights. I always have an invitation for, of course, what was just preached. But this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask you to bow your head, and this morning, I think... Uh, there are a lot of other issues in people's lives, so it might you may need to come and pray. Say, you know what? I 
I do. I need to come and, and talk to the Lord about maybe some opportunities that have presented themselves right now. Maybe it's about something that the Lord, His Holy Spirit, has been dealing with you about. It's like He's drawing you. He's urging you. I put it this way sometimes. I feel uh, like the Holy Spirit's hand is on my back, gently pushing me forward, gently prodding me on. And I feel like Satan's hand is on my chest trying to hold me back. I, I often feel that, that, that God is trying to urge me on, but Satan is trying to hold me back. And of course, I want to respond to that gentle hand on my back as he leads me on. That voice over my shoulder, turn this way, or turn to the right, or turn to the left. You may be dealing with and working with that drawing of God's Spirit to do this or that, and you just don't know what to do. That's what our prayer time's for. You need to come and pray and seek the Lord and pray about it, and keep praying about it until the answer becomes clear. There are also a lot of other things going on in people's lives, and there may be a host of other personal things that you need to, you need to pray about. It really doesn't have anything to do with that so much as other things, but there's other needs, and you need to come and pray. Some of you are burdened for someone else. Someone else is on your heart. It's what's going on in their life, and it's got you burdened. Some of you are close to tears because you're burdened so much for someone else. You need to come and pray. The altar prayer is for anything and everyone. Whatever the Holy Spirit may be drawing you and prodding you, whatever it is that you may need to come to an altar and pray about, as the guitar plays, the Holy Spirit's at work, you're invited to come and pray.